This is The Space Shot, episode 328 for April 7th, 2018. Catching up with Compton. I'm John Mulnix. On April 7th, 1991, the Compton Gamma Ray Observatory was deployed from the payload bay of the Space Shuttle Atlantis. Atlantis launched on the STS-37 mission on April 5, 1991, and the primary goal of its 5-day and 23-hour long mission was the deployment of this observatory. The Compton Gamma Ray Observatory is a spacecraft that was designed to observe the high-energy bursts that were still not fully understood. Quote, the Gamma Ray instrument was one of four major science instruments aboard the Compton. 37 universities, observatories, and NASA centers in 19 states and 11 more institutions in Europe and Russia participated in the Burst and Transient Source Experiment Science Program. Gamma rays are a type of electromagnetic radiation that was discovered at the beginning of the 20th century. Other types of electromagnetic radiation include X-rays, infrared light, visible light, and anything on the EM spectrum. Gamma rays are used in numerous applications to help improve the quality of life here on Earth, from surgeries to treating gemstones. The field of gamma ray astronomy started during the Cold War. The U.S. military project Vela satellites that I talked about back in episode 4 detected gamma ray bursts, which are extremely violent celestial events during the late 1960s. We need space-based detectors for gamma ray astronomy because Earth's atmosphere blocks out most of these particles. While the Vela satellites were designed to detect nuclear weapons tests here on Earth, they were also sensitive to GRBs, or gamma-ray bursts, that come from outside of our solar system. It's interesting that these satellites that were designed to monitor nuclear weapons testing were also able to detect the extremely violent cosmic events that are billions of light-years away. Gamma-ray astronomy allows us to peer into cosmic events like a supernova or hypernova, which are extremely violent explosions of massive stars, and they collapse to form anything from a black hole to a neutron star. When a star goes supernova, it explodes and sends material that was once the star, spreading heavy elements across space at up to 10% the speed of light. Gamma-ray astronomy helps astronomers understand these violent events, which have provided clues into how supernova shape stellar evolution. The deployment of the Compton Gamma-ray Observatory wasn't without its hiccups. Quote, The GRO's high-gain antenna would not open, even after the crew fired the orbiter's reaction control jets and shook the observatory with the Canada arm. After several efforts to free the antenna failed, Mission Specialist Ross and Jay Apt donned their spacesuits to complete the first unscheduled spacewalk in six years. Ross remembered being nervous about going outside, not because it had been six years since his last EVA, but because, quote, I didn't know what was wrong with it. I didn't know if we could fix it or not. This article goes on to note that because the solar arrays had been deployed, it would be impossible to bring the satellite back to Earth in order to fix it on the ground. The Compton Observatory launched nearly a year after the Hubble Space Telescope, which suffered a major issue with its mirror. This meant that mission success for STS-37 was of paramount importance for NASA. The NASA article that I'm linking to in the show notes details this procedure a little bit more. 
Astronaut Jerry Ross, quote, pushed the observatory a few times, and after only a few minutes, the antenna came loose and he locked it into position. Ross also remembered that it was a really good feeling, and he explained that, quote, demonstrating where the man in the loop can help a robotic system and let it go off and do some really great science. If you caught yesterday's episode, you'll recall that human intervention was critical in the capture and repair of Solar Max. For as much grief as the shuttle gets in some corners of the space community, there were a number of missions where the orbiters proved invaluable. Repairing the Hubble Space Telescope and servicing it numerous times, as well as the Compton Gamma Ray Observatory and the Solar Max satellite, among others I haven't mentioned, should show the value of the shuttle program. Let's hope that when the James Webb Space Telescope launches that it goes off without a hitch, because unlike Hubble and other telescopes in Earth orbit, no human intervention can save the James Webb Space Telescope. I hope all of you have a fantastic rest of your day. I appreciate each and every one of you that listen to the podcast every day. Since you're here, and I've got your ear, give me 30 seconds of your time. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. Tag one of them and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure The Space Shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or check out the links in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Molnix and I'll catch you on the flip side.